Then at the weekend, it's time for a reward. Saturday is treat day. Sunday is your rest day. The wrestling life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 238, it's June 11, 2020, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, right here, on the first and only wrestling podcast, we have so many things we can't talk about. That's right, there was an NXT takeover in your house this past Sunday, new NXT Women's Champion crowned. Adam Cole, Bebe retaining the NXT title, the NXT men's title. Uh, what would you think of the TakeOver show? Um, it was all right. Uh, I liked that it was over at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, I thought the main event with the, the three-way with the women was good. And I liked Balor and uh, Kashuk. Damien Priest. Yes. That's another one of those NXT names that just there's a glitch in my head and I can only really I always want to call him by his the name I knew him by for the previous decade or whatever. But right. um, yeah, I thought that was good. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a fine, watchable show. I did not care much for the Adam Cole Velveteen dream thing. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, I thought overall, you know, I, I'd give it, you know, half a thumb up. <laughs> I see. I also didn't care for Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Uh, I thought the main event was awesome, though. And I also thought Finn Balor and Damian Priest had a heck of a match. So that's the best Damian Priest has ever looked by a wide margin. Yeah, agreed. Or, um, like, it's funny. Because I don't necessarily think the utilization of Finn Balor has been, like, perfect since he's been back in NXT. Um, But it is wild to look at him on this show and how good he is in the ring and how he carries himself like such a star. And then watch that guy who just was just this smiley guy who had a big hog on when he was on raw. And that was the extent of his personality. Well, you know, if you got a big hog that could kind of be the extent of your personality. <laughs> yes, you would think, but yet, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's wild to see the, the difference in, I don't know. I, I just every time I see Finn now, I'm like, he should be the one retiring the Undertaker, and AJ Styles should be the one having to wrestle Mark Andrews in NXT UK. <laughs> hey, no argument. No argument. I think I think that'd be a fine role for both of them, actually. <laughs> um, particularly this stage in AJ's career. Um, Spe- speaking of the rest of the show, as we mentioned, we didn't care for the uh, NXT title match. Is there anyone? In this, like in wrestling, that has suffered from a lack of a live crowd the way that Velveteen Dream has suffered. Because, my goodness, do I feel like the bloom is just off the rose with this dude. I think that's some of it. I think some of it, too, is he was not that good to begin with as as a wrestler. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the charisma and everything 
and helped and connecting with people helped but also uh he was never that good of a wrestler to begin with and since he's come back from being hurt he's actually worse (laughs) i mean he did manage had matches with roderick strong even when they still had a crowd yeah uh, at full sale which like if you're not able to have good matches with Roderick Strong. I'm not sure that wrestling is right for you <laughs> yes. as a career choice. So, uh, yeah, I just, I was like, but yeah, I think you can hide a lot of that in the, you know, in the posing and posturing. And when it's, when you don't have that or when you have, you know, 11 people in the crowd for his, for his stuff, it's like, man, he's just, it's, it's, <laughs> It's all over, man. It's all over before it even got started for this guy, really. Yeah. When you're when you're lean like that, too, I worry about... He has taken a lot of crazy bumps. I mean, it's not like he's worked, you know, a 15-year schedule going up and down the road and all that. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have a lot of uh, extra padding, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, take, to take bumps on. And I wonder if he's hurt, hurting already at you know, 25 or however old he is. <laughs> like, it would be sad, but, you know, yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if we've already seen his, his physical peak. So, I don't know. That's me. Uh, did you think... I, I didn't think there was a chance in hell they were going to put the title on Io Shirai, but they did. Uh, I thought that match was great. What did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Um, yeah, I didn't expect Io to win. Um, if anything, I expect Io to be the one pinned. Uh, regardless of who was winning. Right. But, uh, yeah, um, especially because obviously there was talk earlier this year that she was considering leaving. And not that winning a belt means that you're not leaving, as we've seen with, you know, other people who are now wrestling on other shows. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think she's the best worker in maybe on that whole brand, male or female. Um, and so... And if this is the work rate brand, your best worker should be the champion. So that all makes sense to me. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess the the hot button topic has been that uh, the big Charlotte NXT excursion yielded really nothing as far as like viewership went. And also she didn't put anyone over on her way out. <laughs> yeah, so you are buying that this is the end and they're not going to do no more stories with her? I mean, based on the fact that the next night they're already booking her into a feud with Asuka (laughs) for the Raw title, I kind of assumed that's it. Yeah, let's talk about Raw. So, Raw, I think, was the six-hour show. Uh, (laughs) They had a a lot of Paul Heyman fingerprints on the show, like complete disregard for the physical welfare of the performers mm-hmm. by having having people work twice on the show. Um, Charlotte and Oscar worked in the opener, and then they worked the main event against each other as well. Both matches, I think, went like, I don't know. They were really long. Um, mm-hmm. Asuka's the best thing on Raw by a million miles, and yet I wasn't particularly jazzed to see Asuka and Charlotte Flair for like the second time in three weeks and the second time I'd seen both of them on the show again in the main event. 
I mean, just historically, from a viewership pattern, generally, when the stars come out in the opening segment and then they come back for the main event, sometimes the main events don't do as well because you've already seen them. So right. even if you're super enthralled with whatever the story is, you're like, well, I've already seen this person. I've already seen them wrestle. So asking you to come back, if it's not like something really intriguing or, you know, it's not a title match or there's not really anything on the line, it uh, I think it can be a tough sell for, for people to want to wanna stay tuned to see people you've already seen. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, the funniest part to me is obviously there's a WWE pay-per-view this weekend. Uh and they've already they've already decided to just move on from from Nia Jax before Asuka's actually had the match with her. They just decided, mm, no, instead of doing go home build for that match, we're just going to start building for the next pay-per-view now. It's really bizarre. I mean, it's not bizarre when you consider that. I mean, most people can see that Nia is not a good wrestler and is unsafe also, but they have been willing to ignore that in the past. Maybe they're not going to ignore it anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that seems like maybe it's part of it, and maybe it's just, or they've just decided that this Charlotte Nasca thing is like compelling because Asuka's never beaten Charlotte. Which, if you didn't get that subtle symbolism, uh, Charlotte shouted it thirteen <laughs> times uh, during during the matches on on Monday night. I am the one person you have never beaten. Uh, you know that that subtle WWE storytelling that they're known for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess they decide. Well, that's a more interesting story. Plus, it involves Charlotte, so you know they like that. <laughs> and. <laughs> And, like, you know, it's funny. Like, you and I don't participate in a lot of the Charlotte discourse. You know, we, 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 make, we make light <laughs> sure. of it. Sure. Because, I, cause honestly, I do think Charlotte is, like, a good worker, generally. And she's cut some promos I've enjoyed. And she's had plenty of, uh, you know, when you put the, like, her career highlight package together, like, wow, she's had a lot of great moments in a, you know, a relatively short career. You know, good for her. But yeah. then when that character comes out on TV, it's just like, <laughs> to your point, Asuka is this wildly entertaining character, but put next to Charlotte, and you're like, man, I don't, <laughs> really don't really, even though the whole point of this storyline is apparently going to be Asuka, you know, climbing the one mountain she's never climbed and and and, and getting the win finally. Like, man, I just... <laughs> really takes the wind out of the sails. And again, I say this as someone who generally likes Charlotte as a performer, but just doesn't really want to see her. <laughs> well, if like, that makes any sense. Yeah, it's like you can... Look, I like chocolate ice cream, but if I eat chocolate ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for a month, <laughs> I'd get tired of chocolate ice cream pretty quick. <laughs> this is, I guess what I'm saying is Charlotte is chocolate ice cream. Well, there you go. Yeah. Another flawless metaphor. <laughs> really good at this. Yep. Uh, yep. So yeah. So they've already moved on to Charlotte's next pro or to Oscar's next program, which will be with Charlotte. Charlotte pinned Oscar with a big boot. <laughs> Reminds me of when Alexa was winning matches with a punch for a while. Yep. She beat she beat Mickey James with a punch once. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't know. Yeah. That was I could not as you pointed this out to me off air, but. Yeah, that's that's also something that like 
that's a finish you would never do with a babyface champion that like you actually believed in. Right. Like yeah. she gets distracted and then pinned with a move that is not the person's finish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. It's like who would like for all of you know, I think there was a vocal minority of people that were getting tired of Becky Lynch being booked to win every match and every feud. Sure. Because because these people grew up on wrestling where the booking didn't make sense and they don't understand, but that's how you book a good baby face. Yes. <laughs> but now, yeah, yeah. They never, you know, I thought there was hope for this company when Becky um, was written out and they just moved Asuka into her spot without really turning her. Just a phantom turn, and they realize, wow, this is the best character we have on the show by a mile. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. the best. She's the best wrestler probably on the main roster. Let's just put her in the spot. Okay, I thought, okay, yeah, maybe there's some hope here. <laughs> and then, you know, they never would have had Becky Lynch lose to a big boot from Charlotte. Like, <laughs> for right. all, for all for all their flaws, they really were booking Becky like a top baby face. And yeah, so. They would pin Asuka like this. They would pin Kofi Kingston like this. They would pin Mm -hmm. Rey Mysterio like this. Yep. (laughs) When CM Punk was champion, they would have pinned CM Punk like this. Absolutely. Like, all all these top, you know, quote-unquote top top baby faces that they don't actually buy as top baby faces, they don't protect. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, I don't know. I guess... Again, on paper, it's okay. Asuka's gonna beat the giant, she's gonna beat a big stinky giant on Sunday, oh. and then she's gonna no, all due respect, it's just a phrase. <laughs> um, and then she's gonna move on to the you know, the woman she's never been able to beat again. On paper, that's fine, but again, also doing two long matches on television is a good way to burn you out on it before the feud has even started. So true. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll file yeah. that one under. We'll see. Yeah. Um, they also tried to shoehorn Bailey, Sasha and the Iconics into the, the storyline because I guess they're involved in a match for the women's tag titles on Sunday against, uh, yeah, it's Bailey and Sasha defending against the Iconics and uh, Bliss and Cross, and then the winner of that match will defend against Shotzi and Tegan Knox next week on NXT, I think. Yeah, so they've just given up on trying to do a singles division for the women on SmackDown, huh? I guess so. I, like, there are just no women. <laughs> Bailey's been champ for a year. Um, Lacey Evans is there. They got... Mandy and Sonia, but they're off in their own program. They uh-huh. clearly, they clearly don't want to do Lacey and Bailey again. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe because they didn't really pay it off last time. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think Bailey's just going to be a champion for a while. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I, I can't. She's just going to be in a tag team for a while because they don't. Let, Dude, I can't explain SmackDown booking at all, period. Like, like usually, yeah. even if it's bad logic or a bad thought process, I can see the thought process in WWE booking. But SmackDown booking, 
every week it looks like that show was thrown together like the morning of the taping and they, they formatted it on a restaurant on the back of a, a, a carryout flyer from a local re- carryout place <laughs> or on a restaurant napkin. And then they th- throw it all together. They throw it on the air. Like, I have no earthly idea what that show is. You know, they just do random things. Like, and God forbid, you know, they push Baron Corbin further than they already have. But he's been like a pushed character for 10 years now. Yeah. And then they just let they just had Otis beat him in like a minute on SmackDown the other week, and I was like, oh, you, you would have thought that would be like a match they'd build to for something because Otis is Money in the Bank guy, and 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 Corbin's like they see him as like a top heel, but they just kind of did that, and then uh, they're doing AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan in the finals of this tournament on SmackDown for some reason. Um, maybe they'll just do a non-finish and then do a rematch at the pay-per-view. But uh, again, why don't you just save? Why don't you just not do a BS finish and just save the match for the pay-per-view? <laughs> That's kind of what I would do. But hey, no earthly idea. Braun Strowman defending in a ha- oh. the Universal Title in a handicap match against Miz and Morrison, which they decided to break out the rarely seen but always hilarious comedy build. <laughs> <laughs> right out uh, of the never the... effective but no no like when no. like when they had john cena defending against Shawn michaels and triple h and instead of trying to build it up as like this all-time dream match they're like let's do skits with hornswoggle for three weeks yep that's what they did survivor series uh 09 i think yeah mm-hmm yeah and uh this so this feud has been set up by braun pinning the Miz and John Morrison uh, <laughs> in tag and singles matches, and then they like called them dumb or something. So he's like, "I'll put my title on the line in a handicap match," proving himself to be dumb. If you remember the last time he had a belt, he put it on on the line in a handicap <laughs> match, and he lost it to a manager. Yes. Also, it's a handicap match. So if Morrison and Miz were to win, would they be co-champions? Sure. Like they haven't even explained that or thought about that. <laughs> so no. yeah, they've also built the match by uh, pouring slime on Kayla Braxton for some reason. Is that a fetish thing or are they mad at her for something? I think she had the coronavirus. <laughs> I think she was the unnamed employee that had mm. the unnamed on-air talent that had uh, the, the the COVID-19. I don't know that, but I have a pretty good idea of that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if it's that or it's the weird fetish thing where, like, where they made Liv Morgan walk around in wedding cake in socks. I don't know. Remember there's like a three week period where they kept like making somebody take off their shoes and stuff. Yeah, and they had Alexa Bliss have to take her shoes off. They had Alexa Bliss like sitting coffee wearing white jeans or something. Yeah. The show's made by perverts. <laughs> Without question. The sex perverts aren't just on the television. Sometimes they're behind the scenes too. That's correct. Uh speaking of sex perverts, carrying cross uh Getting the big push. Yeah, he 
destroyed Ciampa at the TakeOver show, and then they set up him and Adam Cole for, I guess, whatever the next big NXT show will be. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I don't know if he would be the guy I would pick, but it is kind of refreshing to see them just pick a guy and, like, push, strap the, really strap the rocket to him. Yeah, he doesn't have to come in and feud with, like, Shane Thorne or... (laughs) Or somebody like he, they're they're not they're not trying to like slow build him. They're just like, nope, he's a killer, and he murdered this top guy, former world champion, and now he's going after the current world champion. Great. Yep. <laughs> Fine. It's and uh, there are like, and someone was like, well, this seems too soon. And my defense of that would be there are no other baby faces on the show because they've turned them all heel <laughs> except for Keith Lee, who is the North American champion. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no problem with that. Um, speaking of Champa, I guess he and Randy Orton got into it on social media this week. <laughs> for no reason, because it's not going to build to anything. Well, we were just talking last week about how, like, Champa doesn't want to go to the main roster. Right. And I don't think Orton is coming to NXT. I mean, they all are all working out of the same building for the foreseeable future, so I guess they could do something if they wanted, but I don't know. It's just like this. I just feel like time is a flat circle, and it was just cranky. Uh, Felt like. Felt like picking on the indie guys again, like we like he did with Will Ospreay a couple of years ago, and and all that. And it's just like we're just in a time loop, and now and so you know this time though he picked on the WWE indie guys, and so right uh, tough guy Tommaso Ciampa had to fire back as the <laughs> the locker room leader of uh, of Papa Paul's little uh, little musketeers there. So sure, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, I I just looked at that and I was like, I mean, yeah, it's probably a bad look to have people on that you work for disparaging or making fun of other people that you work for if it's not going to lead to a wrestling match. Yes. But also it's, you know, again, we've we've just we've been here before. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of Randy Orton, we had the final build to the greatest wrestling match ever which has already been taped on Monday Night Raw this week. I didn't... Okay, so we've talked on the show about how Edge is, like, the best promo in the business right now, and sure. he's he's an actor, and he does acting in his promos now. And, like, it's all been really good, except now that every week Edge has to do acting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I didn't find his segment with Christian this week... Uh, particularly compelling. Um, why are we going to bring up people's dead moms? Like, why do why are we going to do that for our silly wrestling matches? I hated that. I said out loud right before Christian brought it up. I said, "Please don't bring up his dead mom." <laughs> and the next line out of his mouth was bringing up Edge's dead mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see it coming a mile away, but yeah. Uh, just awful anyway so the greatest wrestling match ever is happening uh this weekend uh are you excited for it uh i am interested in what they do and how they present this um so they they have piqued my interest in that 
Because if they just go out there and have a, a regular WWE wrestling match, that will be funny in and of itself. <laughs> if they try to do something more sci cinematic, uh, that will also be weird and probably bad. So that'll be funny. So, so <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely curious as to uh, as to what what this will even entail. Yeah. Uh, what else is on Backlash? Drew and Bob Lashley. That's right. Uh, team beef exploding. As uh, as Drew and Bodacious Bob go head to head, I don't hate this feud. Like, obviously, <laughs> I don't I don't expect much of it from a match standpoint. Sure. Um, because you know, Bob Lashley is a good athlete, but he's also you know too old to be carrying around as much muscle as he does. Yes. And Drew McIntyre is uh, fine. So I think they'll, but I, I appreciate that it's just a match of like Bob Lashley was this aimless guy. MVP found him and he's like, I'm going to set you right and I'm going to make you a world champion. And we're going to go pick a fight with the world champion. And Drew's like, all right, let's fight. And now they don't like each other and they, and they want to beat each other up. I'm like, all right, that's fine. That's simple. I can get my mind around that. And we didn't we didn't try to reinvent the wheel and like I don't know have Bob Lashley try to seduce Drew's wife or something. <laughs> you know, we just it's like it's two big mean it's two big mean looking dudes who don't like each other and they're gonna fight for a belt. Fine. That's all fine with me. Yeah, it's all right. Like the only part of the feud I don't like is I don't need to see MVP wrestling all over every show. Yeah. <laughs> like like nothing against MVP. Glad he has a job. Good promo by all accounts. A good guy, but uh, yeah, don't need to see him wrestling here in the year of our Lord 2020. Uh, you know, every single week on TV, uh, even if it's you know primarily just as the setup guy in this feud. But also, don't like the choice of the full Nelson. <laughs> it's the move that they've tried to give Lashley to get over, like. He hasn't, I don't even, like, he, he's won matches with a vertical suplex since he's been back. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a, he's got a full Nelson. <laughs> like, even if that, whatever that stupid dominator was, or whatever his finish was the first time he was in the company 13 yeah. years ago. It's like, it was dumb, but at least it was a finisher. It's like, why do we always, why, how, how does he not have an established over finisher yet? Well, is it his? I thought his finisher was the spear for a while, and he was winning matches with it. And then they decided that's not enough. But I guess like other guys can use the spear as a setup move, but only Roman can use it as his number one finish. I guess that's how that works. But I guess Edge also uses it as his move theoretically. Um, Charlotte uses it too. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know. But maybe they thought that well, there's too many spears on this show. We need to give him a different move. I just like I want if that becomes mech where Bob Lashley starts winning matches with just all these basic assholes. Like I want to, I want him to tap out a guy in a in a chin lock, and sure. maybe maybe win with a body slam. Yeah, why not? Like I think I, I think Bob Lashley old school grappler is a gimmick with some legs to it. All right, I disagree, but here we go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's Backlash this Sunday. 
Maybe it'll be short. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, probably I'll not. They, so. Yeah, probably not, though. Um, they taped a bunch this past Sunday for the show. So I guess because there's a curfew in Florida mm. in or in Orlando for, the, for these events. So if they want it to go longer than like uh, 9.30 or whatever, they have to tape stuff at a time. I don't understand why, but. Okay, so crowds might be coming back soon. I don't work in public health. I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, we've talked about this. Uh, there's still not a vaccine. Uh, doesn't look like we're getting one anytime soon. Seems like it could be dangerous. Um <laughs> to allow people back and obviously there are you know large crowds in every major city in america and the world right now who are out protesting which uh which could also lead to a spike um obviously so yeah i don't know that bringing back fans is like i don't know what i don't know what the word safe means anymore uh, that's not a word that really feels like it has any meaning to me anymore <laughs> in the in the United States. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess they're going to do it because we just decided, well, it's been enough time now. We're just going to open it back up. So, yeah. Yep. New Japan's starting back up. They're doing um, a few weeks of empty arena shows and then they'll be doing uh, 50% capacity shows. No foreign talent. Uh, all Japanese talent or talent based in Japan uh, on these shows. New Japan's coming back. My uh, sleep schedule and work schedule and uh, life will be ruined again for the foreseeable future. But on the plus side, for people like me who can just watch what they want out of those <laughs> shows at their leisure, yeah, uh, it's great news. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're back. I mean, I, I don't need a 32 man tournament <laughs> right out of the back with like you know Yoshihashi versus Jado in the opening rounds or whatever. Um, sure. I, mean, I think it's Yano versus Jado, but like, um, I, I maybe didn't need that <laughs> right out of the gate. But um, yeah, I still, I, I've missed New Japan. I think more than I have missed any other wrestling uh, uh, this year. So I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that it'll be back. All right. What did you think of the Wednesday night shows this week? Uh, I thought AEW was uh, generally a really good show. Um, maybe not really good, but it was very easy to watch. Uh, on paper, Agreed. when I saw what was announced for the show, being, you know, Cody versus a tag team guy in the main event... And the uh, I wasn't quite sure how FTR and the Butcher and the Blade were going to work together, and uh, I, for, I forget if there's anything else even announced for the show coming in. But I was like, yeah, I don't know. This looks like it might be a week where I where I be a little bit more, flip back and forth more. But honestly, I thought AEW was just it moved very quickly. I didn't think any of the matches really overstayed their welcome, and they kind of worked they everything seemed to advance towards something that I might actually like to see, which is nice. Um, And I really, really loved that Moxley and Brian Cage angle. I thought 
Moxley got a hell of a promo, and then they did, you know, some really good, you know, a really good physical brawl, and you got Brian Cage over as this monster that not even Taz can control. So I thought that was really great. Yep, and I uh, can't add anything. There's three more weeks or four more weeks before their big Fighter Fest show, so it was just like the next step. Uh, in building to that show, and I thought it was really good in that regard. NXT, obviously, I haven't seen yet, and we already talked a little bit about setting up the women's tag match for next week and setting up Karrion Cross as Cole's next opponent. Um, are you aware of anything else from that show that we need to get into? Uh, based on the end of uh, Balor beat... Uh, Grimes? Yeah, Cameron Grimes. And then talked into the camera about wanting to go after Keith Lee. So it looks like Balor and Lee is the next direction for for those two guys. I don't know where that leaves uh, Uncle John and, and Aunt Candace because they seem to be, have been really going. Uh, it seemed like the singles title match between Johnny and uh, Keith Lee was a setup for a mixed tag match. But yeah, um, maybe they'll just do that on TV and then Keith will move on to uh, Balor or or whatever. But yeah, yeah, prob- yeah. For what what I saw from NXT wasn't bad. Uh, uh, Adam Cole beat beat Dexter Loomis in the main event, and then uh, Dexter Loomis and Velveteen Dream, who I guess are going to be like a little team. They fought off uh, Roddy and uh, and and Bob Fish and allowed. And that that allowed uh, Scarlet to come down and 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 do her little uh, and and put the little hourglass in the ring to uh, for that subtle symbolism that <laughs> yes, Carrion uh, Cross is is Adam Cole's next opponent. But yeah, I, from what I saw, both shows looked uh, looked pretty solid tonight. Like I said, obviously I watched more of AEW than I did NXT, but yeah, I thought a pretty good week for our Wednesday shows. Yep, probably not a good sign that John Gargano wrestles like four times a year on takeovers and he gets hurt so badly in every match that he can't wrestle until the next takeover. I was even watching that match with Keith Lee, like a good 70% of it was like grappling Mm -hmm. and like Johnny working. And part of that is just because they're trying to tell a story where the heel is five foot four and, (laughs) and 125 pounds and Keith Lee is Keith Lee. So right. they're just trying to find a believable way to get heat on the big man. So I get that. That was probably part of it. And there's nothing wrong with, with that. Like Johnny, Johnny Gargano is a very, you know, very talented technical wrestler. But, you know, it wasn't the sort of knockdown, drag out, PWG-esque, you know, Johnny Gargano NXT match that you're used to. Um, or even some of those wild matches that Keith Lee's had uh, since he's come to NXT. Uh, so... I thought it was interesting when I, when they went that route. I was like, I wonder if this is just because like the heel dynamic is weird because Johnny's the heel or if this is because Johnny can't do like a 30 minute nothing but big moves match right now. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that uh, that, about, that about wraps it up. There's. For some reason, another WWE show this weekend. Uh, so I hope everyone enjoys that. Or at the very least, it's funny, as always. <laughs> yes. Good chance it'll be funny. So we got that to look forward to. The greatest wrestling match ever. All right. Uh, until next time, everybody. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back 
soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. How are you? Mm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good news is I was able to get a bunch of my... Uh, work done so I only have this and uh, one post to do and then uh, tonight and then tomorrow I can pretty much do nothing all day nice yeah Thursday is like my one day where I can not do anything Thursday is your rest day Like, you know the story a couple years ago about how uh, Vince would, after SmackDown on Tuesday, Vince would go home and, like, sleep all day Wednesday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much my Thursday. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think of the Orioles uh, not picking the best player available, but picking someone cheap? Yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I'm done pretending I understand the MLB drafts. <laughs> I'm brave enough to admit that beyond the fact that you can't trade draft picks, I don't really understand it. Braver <laughs> like I, than the troops. Yeah. I, I read like I read about it and I'm like, okay, that's gonna be the best player that's most likely available. Right. So they're gonna take him almost assuredly, and then they didn't. And it's like, but they save money on that draft pick and they can spend more on pitching draft picks later. And I'm like is there is there a limit to what you can pay a draft pick or that you can totally spend on draft picks? Nope, nope. There's a, a slotting system where, like, I don't know who issues the recommendation, whether it's MLB or the Players Association or whatever. Uh-huh. But they're like, the first overall pick gets, I don't know, just pick a number, $5 million. Sure. Second overall pick gets $4.6 million, whatever, whatever, so on and so forth. So if you're negotiating, if you're contacting these players before the draft and you're like, okay, are you going to, but you can ask for more or less than the slot, <laughs> which kind of, to me, seems to defeat the purpose of the slot, <laughs> but right, yeah, but then if you take somebody who's, who's going to, okay, well, I'll take 3.6 or whatever instead of 4.8, then, okay, well, we saved 1.2 million there. Maybe we can offer a pitcher that we'll take with a 30th pick. We'll offer him, uh, you know, 2.2 or whatever instead of one, and we'll get him. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, that's the, I, I understand it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> because there's slots and yet you can ignore the slots, but that's the, that's the reasoning. Okay. Well. <laughs> This helped or hurt your understanding? <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, that's about. The, I mean, that helped a little bit, in <laughs> in the sense that you explained to me that it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, NFL has the the slot thing too, but I think pretty much everybody 
abides by this a lot for the most part. Because, mm-hmm. like, you don't see draft picks holding out much anymore. Like, I think Joey Bosa did a couple years ago. But, mm-hmm. besides, like, first-round draft picks not signing used to be a regular thing in the NFL, and it doesn't really happen anymore, so. Right. But they also have a really weak union. And baseball, traditionally, before Tony Clark, had the strongest union in sports. But huh. it's weird that they got an, an ex-player in there running the players' union, and yet somehow the players' union has become weaker. Yeah. Do you, like, think, do you think there will be baseball this year? I, I, I don't know, because even think <laughs> the MLB keeps, like, being like, well, what if we just didn't pay anybody this year? <laughs> How would we feel about that? And then they go, no, we'd like to make some money. And they go, well, you're being unreasonable. And, yes. and then everybody take, you know, everybody stomps away and, and goes to their preferred, uh, you know, sports writer and, you know, tells their, their side of the, of their story. So I don't know. It's, <laughs> feel like the clock's ticking here because like the whole point like was like oh people want to they want it started by like the first week of july and it's like well none of these guys have i mean i'm sure they all work out at home or whatever but like i mean they were what like two weeks into spring training when everything shut down so it's like you gotta give i would imagine you need to give them like at least a few weeks to get ready it's not like you can just sign the deal and then go all right we start tomorrow right so yeah, this is going to be, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, it, if, I, 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 can't fig- I can't figure out, like, what what the MLB's goal is, other than that they really don't, <laughs> they really don't want to pay anybody this year. Well, they keep proposing, like, well, we'll just play, okay, the players don't want to give on, you know, they want to be paid the, the equivalent of their full salary, but for however many games, right? right. Like, and then so the owners are like, okay, well, let's play 12 games this year. <laughs> <laughs> and the players come back with, no, let's play a full 162. <laughs> and we'll be playing games until February next year. <laughs> it's like, can you World just come up with the numbers? Spring training starts the next day. Right. Well, it's so, ugh. but if, <laughs> If someone was willing to give, they could have sports all to themselves, basically, for the next three months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you see, like, you know, oh, ratings are up for, like, you know, Japanese baseball with no fans or soccer with no fans, just because it's the only live sport happening anywhere in the world right now. You're like, yeah, you would think this would be, like, a time to, uh, you know, everybody get their heads in the game. But uh, yeah, we're still we're still at an impasse. No idea what we're going to talk about. Let's just start talking. I gave you a list. Oh, did you? Yeah. Hmm. It's like Takeover, mm. New Japan, Raw, and then oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that was the official list. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't bullet pointed. <laughs> there were not slots. On this list. That's true. All right. I try to keep on keeping on.